Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. I'm Georgie, Director of Learning Development for the Classroom Partnership. And as part of the collective group, we provide tutors and tuition support through our organisation, Connects Education Partnership. Connects Education are an approved tuition partner for the National Tutoring Programme. And our expert tutor today is one of our Connects Education tutors. And in today's episode, we turn to our series, Supporting New and Aspirational Tutors, and are joined by Rebecca Cracknell, who is an established tutor and has written a number of courses for Thirsty Scholars to support new and existing tutors. Morning, Rebecca. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you for having me. That's all right. And um, in previous After the Bell podcast, we focused on how to get started as a tutor and what it's like day to day working as a tutor. So looking at motivating and inspiring our learners can be tough. So at times today we asked Rebecca how she plans her sessions as a tutor and how that is different to her, her approach as a teacher. It's great to have you here, Rebecca. And we talked last time a little bit about your transition from being a teacher to a tutor. Are you able to just give us a quick recap on how you actually became a tutor? Yeah, so um, I became a tutor through a traditional route of um, being a teacher first. Um, I was an English teacher in a secondary school and whilst I was still working as a teacher, I did some private tuition kind of on the side. Um, And then after I had my children, I decided that I probably wanted to step back from the classroom a bit more. Um, And that's when I looked to tutoring more as a career and um, I joined Connex Education um, during the pandemic as part of their uh, NTP team delivering tuition. And um, I also do some private tuition as well. Excellent. Okay. And what models of tuition support have you delivered? Is that sort of face to face or virtually? Yeah, so um, I started off doing face-to-face, mainly one-to-one tuition. I've also delivered small group sessions, mainly in schools as part of their intervention programmes. But when I began delivering the NTP tuition, I started to do that online. And I still do a little bit of online now and a little bit in face-to-face. So um, kind of a mixture of face-to-face, in-person, one-to-one, small group. Um, bit of everything really. And when do you usually sort of book your tuition sessions? Do you fit that around sort of your your work life? Yeah your- so um, I have some children in school but one's still at home so I tend to do them mainly after school but also um, particularly GCSE sessions. I have been fortunate enough to get some that I uh, carry out during the day so it generally is um, perfect for me being able to do it as and when I can with a young family so yeah so it's quite flexible then it fits around very you yeah yeah and you're in you're in control of that as well which is the thing that I like it's not just flexible on somebody else's terms so yeah, yeah. 
absolutely so you're managing it so one of the most common things that we hear um, when we talk to our connects education branches is um, how how can their tutors ensure that they plan and prepare for their sessions to help their learners get the most out of it it's one of the most sort of uh, common questions that we asked um, it would be great to hear how you approach this Rebecca so um, First, initially, I know we talk about aims and objectives when we're a teacher, but how important is it to have clear aims and objectives for tutoring sessions as well? So I think the aims and objectives when it comes to tutoring are what drives each and every session. Um, sometimes in a classroom, you are dictated by the content you need to cover um, as much as what you're trying to achieve. But I think when it comes to tutoring sessions, the aims can be so personalised and so specific um, that they can be not just in terms of the content and the knowledge and understanding that a student needs to acquire, but they can be focused on specific skills and they can consider as well their attitudes to learning as well. So that the aims become really the focus and the starting point of the session. And then from there, you can um, break them down into objectives for each and every session, um, which can evolve as you begin to work with a student. So it's not so set in stone as it might be when you're following a scheme of learning that every member of a department's using across the school, um, things like that. So there's, a, again, a degree of flexibility with those, but they are, without them, the sessions would be pretty meaningless. So having them in place, in your head, in your mind. Um, I, we spoke last week about kind of the different stakeholders um, involved in tutoring so in your mind in the mind of like a parent or if a school's involved making sure that you share those aims and objectives and also with the student themselves and I I personally believe that when you're working with a student if you're able to get them involved in setting the aims and setting the objectives so that they they become really invested in them then that's really useful for ensuring that they remain motivated and engaged with what you're doing as well. I love that concept of making sure that the the uh, the pupil or the learner is actually really really invested in their mm. in their sort of progress so it kind of gives them a level of ownership and feels like they actually have some control as well I imagine so yeah definitely if they if they're involved in tuition sometimes students can see it as extra something that they do on top of their time in school which can for some of them be a great thing but some, sometimes like you say to to kind of get them on board on that making it about them and about their achievements and what they want to um, succeeding and what they want to take from those sessions is a great way for really getting them on board in in all ways in their attitude but also in terms of like their effort and what they put into um, the work you do together. Yeah that's brilliant that's brilliant to hear and that kind of aligns with um, here at Connects we have a tutoring communication triangle so um, making sure that you you talk to the school you as a tutor and the parent and then you always keep everything learner-centered so keeping them at the center of that experience as well so it's it's great to hear that this supports also making sure that um, the communication is kept open so where or where 
where or who do you get sort of the aims and objectives from? You talked about sort of learners. Is there any other sort of places that you you build them from at all? Yeah. So um, in the first instance, you're going to gauge what the student needs from those initial discussions, be that with the parent or be that with the school or the, the student themselves about what they like and dislike, how they feel about the subject, what they want to achieve. But from there, once you've got kind of an understanding of why they are engaging with the tuition, then you um, are going to think about where they are um, in terms of what key stage they're working at, what, what the expectations for that key stage within your subject are, um, what sort of assessments they're going to be taking part in, and you're going to work backwards from there. So whilst they become the kind of starting points, for example, a student who's doing GCSEs, they might have a specific grade that they're looking to achieve in a certain subject. And you as the tutor, you're going to kind of understand what they need to do in, to, in, to achieve that grade. And that's going to become kind of the starting point of where you think about their aims and objectives as coming from, because you know where they want to be or where they need to be. And then you can assess where they where they are and that gap between the two is going to tell you about what you need to focus on so um, what skills what knowledge they're going to need to acquire in their time spent working with you and then on top of that they're also kind of like the sort of softer goals in regards to their attitude and um, their um, enjoyment of the subject too can come from that so if a student at, at present is really disengaged doesn't enjoy school, doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to do the learning, you're going to also, as well as setting kind of achievement goals, you're going to set goals for them based about what they can do to help improve that as well. But it's about that gap between where you know that they need to be and where they currently are. And it's, it, in my head, I always kind of work backwards from there. So it's about having a really good understanding of um, depending again on the key stage that you're working with and the age of the students and the subjects that you're delivering, having a good understanding of the expectations of what a student should be achieving at, at that age and stage. Yeah, that's that's great to hear about sort of managing and aligning um, how you build the aims and make sure they're targeted to, to where they should be achieving at their age. One of the things that we also offer here is um, our baseline assessments. So um, as part of the actual national tutoring programme, um, all of our pupils this year will actually be able to access a baseline assessment um, regardless of their age. Um, and that then gives us sort of a starting point and, and sort of interventions and learning sequences that tutors can use to help sort of measure those and move those forward. Um, and also it sort of strategies and, and tools for secondary. But you also touched, I think, more on the softer side and the re-engagement of, of learners, because um, often they're with you for a reason and that be, maybe they've had a bad experience in the classroom or there's a knowledge gap or they've been off sick and they, they're just not catching up with their pupils and they've lost confidence. Mm. Um, again, we can offer um, an attitude to learning sort of baseline so actually measuring their work ethic measuring where how they feel about school at that time um, and also sort of their self-confidence and self-belief 
And then what we do at the end on the National Tutoring Programme is also do an endpoint assessment so we can actually see the distance that's been travelled, the impact that's actually genuinely been made by that pupil um, with the tutoring support. Um, because we want to be able to celebrate what we're actually doing here, the, the impact that tutors, I think, make on an intervention sort of process is, is you know, huge and it, it can make a difference in, in really turning things around for an, any individual learner. So I think we need to be able to celebrate those success stories as well. Yeah, I think that's also really key for the student in understanding their aims and their objectives, because they also then can see the progress that they make too. So if the aims and objectives are just yours and you keep them to yourself and that's part of my plan of what I'm going to cover with that student, that's great. And you can at the end measure the impact that you've had. But actually you want that child um, or that student to be able to see the impact that their their efforts and their hard work and their time spent with you has um, achieved as well. So I think that's another reason why, you know, having a really clear understanding of where they start and where you want them to be and where they want to be is really useful. It gives them a sense of achievement. I think yeah. it's, no, it's knowing that they can see the journey that they've they've been on. And actually, it's great to give them the smaller goals. Um, you know, quite often they may be sort of sat in a classroom with other people that are different levels and they're comparing themselves against other people. And actually just focusing in on themselves as an individual is actually a really sort of supportive mechanism as well. So uh, I love that. So what recommendations? Um, we touched sort of on the importance of aims and objectives, but what recommendations would you make around sort of timings and structures of your tutoring session? Um, so the sessions I've delivered have usually been an hour, um, whether that's working in school and fitting around a kind of school day or um, online sessions or um, even when working with kind of younger students, an hour is often the time that you've been given. Um, but how you use that hour is obviously going to depend on the kind of the student themselves, their age, their needs, their level of engagement. All of those things are going to play um, as factors in how you spend that time. But overall, the structure, the structure of a tuition session for me does follow that of a lesson in school. So um, lessons in school where you'd have kind of an engagement activity, kind of a starter or a through the door through the door task, whatever it is that you're going to call, call it. But that first activity that the student encounters when they join you. Um, I often make these kind of more relaxed, a bit more fun, possibly games, something that's going to really hook them in. Um, and then from there, we work through the same kind of sequence as you as you might in a classroom, in that we'd model some skills and some activities together and we put the scaffolding in place so that the child gained confidence doing whatever it was that we were working on. This is sometimes where we might look at something that they've covered in school that they found a bit trickier um, and spending the time to kind of go over it again and look at the steps involved or the processes involved so that they can kind of really understand those. And then I'd always attempt to give a student some time to do some work on their own um, and really develop and practice those skills independently because I think that's where the, the confidence comes in. Um, and again, I'd, it, 
the beauty of a tuition session is the pace can be dictated by you and the student as you go along. So when you're working together, if you need to spend slightly longer on a task in order to better understand it, you can devote that, that extra time to it because you're focused on the needs of kind of one or two or three students. Whereas sometimes in a classroom, you're stuck to your lesson plan a, a bit more rigidly. Um, so it, it allows you to follow that structure where you're taking small steps and building the student up to the kind of independent activity, but also gives you the flexibility to, um, to do that at your own pace. Um, and in the same way as you might in a classroom have a kind of final activity to consolidate what you've learned or to um, assess what you've um, covered during that session, I try and build that in too. And sometimes, again, depending on the nature of the student, depending on their age, depending on what we've been doing in previous sessions, this is sometimes another kind of um, place where you can build in like a, a reward activity. So maybe playing a game or um, doing kind of something that they might consider fun while still learning. Um, and it, it kind of leaves the session um, with an appropriate ending and it sets the tone for you then working together in the future so that you kind of are recognising the effort that they've put in to the session and your time together as well. Thank you so much there, Rebecca. I, th I think also I'm gaining a sense of uh, how rewarding it can be. Um, being able to sort of support and focus um, the individual and, and it comes back to the value of tutoring um, shouldn't be underestimated. And I think more and more we're now seeing a bit more of a cultural shift around that, I think. Would you would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think I think, um, you know, even within like the tradition, traditional classroom there's the sense of learning being much more personalized than it possibly once was and that is the beauty of tuition that you are you are working at the pace um and alongside a student rather than you simply delivering the content to that student in the hope that they are going to stick with you you um it's it is flexible in how you work too you're kind of you're watching for their cues. You're looking at how how they um, approach certain tasks. Are they keen to get started on that, or is that not something that there is going to work for them? What level of support do you need to put into place when they're working on something? You can catch those moments of kind of misunderstanding or um, where they have made a mistake in doing something like a step in a process, you can really focus on um, exactly what mistake they've made and why that mistake contributes to um, like, why, why that mistake is kind of a, um, something that's gonna trip them up in the future and how they can use making that mistake as a sort of catalyst for their future learning. So it is a truly, kind of personalised approach because you're continually assessing not only their level of engagement but also the, the the thought processes that they are working through as they work with you so that you can then adjust and adapt your 
your delivery and your content to suit exactly what they need at that moment. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can really feel the passion and, and you're <laughs> I can see thinking about those sessions as we're chatting here. So it's wonderful to hear you share those stories, Rebecca. So thinking then about, uh, I'm sure the people that are listening are, are thinking, well, you know, what kind of things do you actually do with them? Have you got any types of sort of engaging activities that you can share with the learners and uh, our listeners as well? So uh, so um, it depends. It does entirely depend on the nature of the student. You, I sometimes work with students who are incredibly self-motivated and who are working with me because they they really want to maximise all of their efforts that they're doing in school. And working with them in a tuition session is quite often going through kind of um, exemplar material, um, looking at the top grade and what exactly what that would look like and picking it apart and really um, understanding the assessment criteria and what you need to do if you're going to achieve the highest standard possible. But I also work with students who um, find school really hard. Um, and so the activities that I'm going to do with them, whilst I obviously still want to work towards them having that degree of self-motivation and that focus on their um, academic goals, the sessions that I do with them are going to need to incorporate different sorts of activities. So um, I, <laughs> we spoke about Harry last time. When I started working with Harry, Harry's really competitive and he loves football. So everything became game um, and everything became a competition. So um, he was a bit sloppy with his um, punctuation use when we started working together. And so, he had 10 counters at the start of our session and every time he forgot a piece of punctuation I would take away one of the counters oh, um, <laughs> and and he he didn't want to lose he didn't want to lose his counters so it gave him like that kind of focus um I had another student and she was quite a reluctant writer she was not keen to um put pen to paper she'd happily talk to me but um, again, what she really liked to be able to do, she really liked to stopwatch. So if <laughs> she'd like to be able to press a timer and go, and we'd see how much she could do. And again, see if she could beat that. So I think building in activities that are really simple, it doesn't need to be something hard, but give um, a focus to what you're doing that the child is, uh, or the student is keen to, um keen to either win or keen to show you exactly what they can do they become really useful um I also do a lot of stuff in my sessions um as I kind of was just touching on to do with metacognition and the idea that we want to become not just active learners who are engaged in doing things when we learn not just sitting in a classroom and absorbing what's going on around us but somebody who's really like engaged in it and the way in which we really need to do that is by thinking about the way in which we think so identifying moments where we make mistakes thinking about the stages in a process or um, reflecting upon about how we feel going into a task. So um, I, you can probably tell from me talking on here, I do do quite a lot of speaking and listening activities. So <laughs> where we talk things through um, as I think that gives the student, it, as well as building up a relationship, it gives the student a sense of 
confidence with their ideas before they even put pen to paper but it also allows them to reflect upon what it is that you're doing and and through questioning um i really think questioning is at the heart of um heart of learning whether you are the person who's encouraging the student to um think about what they're doing or whether you, ultimately you want the student themselves to be able to question what they are doing when they're doing it um, so I, I kind of think that being able to talk through activities as you do them is really useful. Um, and obviously thinking about something like Bloom's taxonomy and working through those stages with the, uh, with the students. So you're getting them to identify um, whether they just understand it or whether they are able to evaluate their understanding of that or where they, where they fit into that so that they can reflect on not only what 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 they are learning about, but how they are learning about it too. Yeah, I think we can't underestimate the value of, of metacognition. So, you know, teaching the, the actually give the, the pupil the skills to reflect on what they've actually done. So it's not rote learning. It's very much, okay, so what did you do there? How did you do that? Why did you do that? let's do it again let's practice the process and 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 what would you change now and and even if they make a mistake it, it's a good opportunity for learning yeah um, I think it's great that um in schools now things like growth mindset really underpin education and I think tutoring is a great opportunity to put that into practice so students who do have a more fixed mindset whether they are your kind of high high achievement, high attaining students who are scared of making a mistake or whether they're students with a fixed mindset that they will never achieve, being able to introduce them to the idea that they they can't do it yet. But look, if you keep practicing and if you respond to feedback and if you um, like make small changes, you can see huge results um, and being able to reflect on progress, I think, um, tutoring gives you a perfect opportunity to to try that out yeah there, there's a great uh, book i read called the nudge theory and and it's not sort of specifically for education but it it talks about those tiny little steps that you can tweak and move to actually move you on the process and i think when the learners actually understand that they just have to make tiny changes to really really make big leaps forward um it's it's brilliant it's yeah really you spoke awesome. about like a child who, who may have not been in school for a while or have been out of their classroom environment and to them kind of looking at the big picture of oh I've got to get from here to there feels enormous yeah. but being able to break that down in a, and see that kind of tiny little shifts tiny little steps take you um, from one place to another is really useful and then they can they can take that from their tutoring back out into their into their usual classroom I have a silly little phrase I always used to use is how do you eat an elephant and in bite-sized chunks and, <laughs> and you could always see the visualization around oh yeah okay so <laughs> okay remember the elephant yeah so, <laughs> well just sort of moving on now so how important do you think the assessment and reflection is to ensuring success I think we've touched on that already but it would be great to expand that a bit more and how do you do that Rebecca yeah, so I think um, there are kind of different ways to look at assessment in tutoring. There is your, your as a tutor, are probably not involved in assessing a student, you know, in kind of end of term 
um, formal assessments in the way that you might if you were in, in a classroom. But the assessments that they are taking, that they are participating in kind of in school, whether they are like formal exams or whether they're just like lessons, um, you know, tests in lessons, if you know what they're working towards and you understand what the criteria for achievement um, are in those assessments, you're continually assessing a pupil against those as you go along. And you're looking for those skills that they need to demonstrate when they're in the classroom, when they're in the exam hall, wherever it is. And you're looking for those in the work that they're doing with you every single session. So assessment when you're tutoring is a continual process. It might be that you choose to give them a slightly extended piece where you are or you know a, a excerpt from a test paper where you're then going to feed back and give them kind of a, a grade or a mark um, and that is that is kind of important but actually that's less important than the continual assessment and the continual feedback that you're giving them each and every session session because that's what tuition allows you to do that you don't get as much of in a classroom where there's 30 students you've got that small focused um like one-on-one -on -one personal personal degree of feedback for an hour a week or however however often you you meet um and so assessment stops being something that the student fears and it can start to be something that they almost crave where they're looking for your feedback because they know that's the thing that's going to make them better and uh, as we just discussed with kind of metacognition too from there then they can move to be able to feedback on their own work and they're able to assess what it is that they're doing so um i i do quite a lot of work where i teach the assessment objectives where i i really show them what an examiner is looking for and what that looks like in um, I'm thinking of like GCSE literature here so where that looks like as knowledge and understanding how that looks like as language structure and form how that looks as um, like contextual information and so that a student can when they're writing a piece of work they can consider those things too so they are assessing their own work continually as well but there's also the element when you're tutoring of you as a teacher um, or you as a tutor reflecting upon the sessions that you're delivering and that degree of like reflective teaching and thinking about what has worked well what strategies have you used that have allowed your student to make progress what strategies didn't work so well what things did they find hard and you're able to because it's so kind of fast paced where you're you're um it's like moment to moment you're adapting and you're changing what you're doing you're able to really think about those things as you as you move through the sessions with them and between the sessions so that you once you've delivered a session you don't just forget it it's it's there and you think about it and you think about what you've achieved with that student and you use that to um, inform your future planning too so assessment is at the heart of tuition sessions it just doesn't look like a student might picture an assessment to look <laughs>
So we're, we're doing it in incognito, I think. Yeah, friends, yeah. They're definitely. not aware that they're actually doing it. Yeah, I like that. I really, yeah, I think that's an excellent strategy. And then pointing it out afterwards that. that yeah, you've done that. You've done yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it helps build that confidence again. It's, it's back to sort of building them up to, mm. to support them. So I think we're going to wrap up really, really soon. Um, but what would you say your one key takeaway would be around sort of focusing in on session planning? So I think the most important thing is that it's it's something that's collaborative. Um, whilst you are the person who's going to arrive at the session prepared for the session with your resources and you know your plan of where it's going to go actually a lot of that information comes from the student so you're thinking about what you know about that student you'll think or students you're thinking about what are effective strategies with that student you're thinking about what that student may have expressed about wanting to cover um you know students often say to you oh i find this really hard i, I can't do this or um this is something that we've done in school and using that feedback and that information to inform your planning is is kind of key when you're um, planning for your tuition sessions um, and also that idea of reflection so to listen to to watch really closely how a tutor uh, how a student responds during a tutoring session so to think about and um, really consider what strategies you want to use to help move that student forward um, rather than just sticking to the content that you need to cover, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think it's <laughs> to keeping it learner centred, isn't it? Yeah. Individualisation of the of the of the process so um yeah that I, I think that's that's key it's back to making sure that you keep them in the center of of all the communications and all the planning and and be prepared to adapt and be flexible yeah, yeah. don't don't stick it's it's not a rigid process being a tutor no, um, not in any way <laughs> absolutely i get a sense of that um Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's always a pleasure to chat to you. And I, I know the feedback from the other two sessions that you, you've carried out already for us on podcasts, sort of um, starting out and, and sort of day-to-day -day working have been really, really sort of uh, very popular. Um, if you do want to find out more about sort of planning and preparing um, for sort of tutoring, Rebecca's actually written a course through Thirsty Scholars Partnership, which you can access. Um, so pop onto their website um, and you can uh, take that training. Um, in our next After the Bell podcast, we're going to be back with Rebecca and she's actually going to share some of her top tutoring secrets. Um, what are our top tips um, and uh, how to make a lifelong impact on learners education? So big ask there, Rebecca. I hope you're looking forward to that one. Um, you can pick up the After the Bell podcast and we release these on a weekly basis and we aim to provide tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. So be that tutoring or in the classroom as well. And you can listen to these hopefully on your daily commute or on the treadmill or make them part of your focus for the week. Um, it's been a great pleasure to have you here again, Rebecca. You've been listening to After the Bell podcast and we will catch up with you very soon. Thank you.